Before we start uh, our topic this morning, I'd like to invite you as far as possible to join me as I bow down and pray uh, for the message this morning. Father, once again, we thank you, Lord, because it is only by your grace and mercy that we are allowed and it is possible for us to be here in your presence. We thank you, Lord, because you accept us the way we are. And you work with us, and it is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we can find a new way of life, new meaning in our life. May Jesus be the center of our lives, Lord. And may we give back to you uh, from the many gifts you have given us. Help us this morning, Lord, as we study your word, as we open scripture, as we meditate upon your word, that we may find, Lord, exactly that message that you have for us this morning. Please hide me behind the cross and may every word that I say be a reflection of your purpose, your intent for us this morning. This is my prayer in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning came from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. And you might be thinking where you can find the four H's in this scripture. And maybe they're not exactly there, but we'll get we'll get there. Uh, please follow with me again as we read Ephesians 4, 25 through to 32. Therefore, this is Paul's counsel, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness. When we think about it, it is, it is something that I believe we understand. We need forgiveness. We need to ask forgiveness. We ask God forgiveness for the things we have, we have done wrong. And I don't think we have, we usually do not have too much of a hard time asking God forgiveness for the things we have done wrong, for our sins. Just like Daniel the prophet. Daniel was aware of his sinfulness. Daniel was aware of the people of Israel's sinfulness. And when he didn't understand the message that came from God, he, he knelt down, he was on his knees, he bowed down, and he asked the Lord, please forgive our sins. Forgive the sins of your people. Forgive my sins, and please reveal to us what your will is. We also ask forgiveness to others. And usually we don't have too much of a hard time doing that. When uh, we know we have sinned against someone, we have done wrong, 
uh, sometimes it's not as easy as asking God forgiveness, but we still go out and ask other people forgiveness. You remember Joseph's brothers? They had been mean to him, and Joseph eventually became the second man in command in Egypt. And his brothers came to, to have, uh, to, to looking for food, and Joseph uh, helped them and sent food with them to their uh, home. And eventually, after Joseph revealed that he was his brother, uh, they came, and they came with all the family and with Jacob and everyone. And after Jacob died, Joseph's brothers came to him and said, You know, our father told us to ask you to forgive us, to be to be kind to us because now we are afraid that because our father has already passed away that now we're going to take revenge on us for everything we did to you so they asked forgiveness to Joseph and Joseph I'm sure had already forgiven forgi uh, forgiven them but we do like Joseph's brothers we go to people and we ask forgiveness for things that we have done that have hurt them and we also ask God to forgive others, just like Jesus did. Jesus was suffering there, and he, looked, he cried to the Father and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So we ask God forgiveness, we ask others, we ask God to forgive others as well. But what about forgiving others? That, I dare say, is the one we have the hardest time with. We have a real hard time with forgiving others because then we are the ones who've been hurt. We are the ones who are suffering. And it shouldn't be the hard, hardest because if someone comes up to you asking for forgiveness, that puts the person actually in a, in a humbler position than you. They have to humble themselves. They have to humil humiliate themselves sometimes and ask forgiveness to you. But we have a hard time forgiving people. We have a hard time letting go when they have hurt us, when they have done something that has, has wronged us. And we usually want to make things even. That's our first natural reaction. And even beyond this, what about forgiving people who do not ask for forgiveness? People who hurt you but never come back to, to ask for forgiveness. That's a hard one. You know, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And I, I was in a church social in a Saturday evening. And there were many young people around. And there was this couple. They were not yet a couple. But they were, you know, looking at each other with, with favor. And they were trying to... Uh, to be uh, nice to each other and to get closer and closer to each other. And they, but they were only 14 or 15 years old. But I happened to be close to them and I said, let me, let me listen in here because there may be something for me in the future. Maybe I'll know how to approach a girl in the future when my time comes. And in fact, I was there and I listened to the conversation. The conversation went like this. The boy came to the girl and said, hi, so... What do you like? And she said, well, I like things. And, and what about you? Tell me about you. And the boy would say, well, I'm, I'm me. You look at me. You can find out who I am. 
And the conversation wouldn't go much deeper than that. But I paid close attention, right? And uh, a few years later, I reenacted that <laughs> when I had to approach a girl for the first time. But you are laughing, but it worked, okay? It was my first girlfriend. It worked. That was not Sandra. Sandra came into my life a few years later when we both were in college, when we had some more substance in our conversation. <laughs> and praise the Lord, we were together until now. But my point is, as we live more, I, uh, we tend to say the longer we live, but I would say the more we live, the more you experience things in life, you know, you get more substance in life. You experience more things. You live more things. But also you get hurt. And the wounds that you get are deeper. And the emotional wounds are deeper. And uh, you suffer more. And you have a harder time forgiving people and letting go. And that's how life is. Our conversation, uh, imagine, or rather imagine the same conversation of two people approaching each other when they are in their mid-40s. When they have come out of a relationship that was broken apart. When they are trying to rebuild their lives. Imagine that conversation. That's going to be like a river that flows through, through valleys and hills and, and goes into open grass and beautiful sunshine and then into caves and dark places and rough places. Because that's the history, that's the story of our lives. As we live more, we hurt more. The longer we live, we expose ourselves more to, to the risk of being hurt and how it hurts. The complexity of our problems increase. But yet, Jesus challenges us to forgive. Here is God's word in verse 32 of Ephesians. Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 12, 14, and 15, if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 6. Verses 12 and then 14 and 15. Here is Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And in the middle of the prayer, he says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So Jesus is encouraging us to ask forgiveness to God just like we forgive our debtors. And then in verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus is challenging us to forgive others. But the question here is, is forgiveness then conditional? Because Jesus is saying, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Is forgiveness conditional? Or is it something that God offers freely to us? You may answer. It's not just a rhetorical question. 
Forgiveness is given freely. But why is Jesus saying that if you do not forgive, then your Heavenly Father will not forgive you? I, I believe there is plenty evidence in the Bible that forgiveness is a free gift from God. It is free. Uh, you have to ask. And God gives it freely. But Jesus is also saying here that until you forgive others, you will never be able to truly appreciate the gift of forgiveness. You'll never be able to truly appreciate that which God is willing to do in your life until you forgive others as well. And more than that, we must, it's not that we should, we must forgive others before we can even ask God for forgiveness. You know, God in His mercy, He will still work His way out. He will still work His plan out in our lives. But we'll never experience fully God's gift of forgiveness until we forgive others. And it wouldn't be even Christian to approach God to ask for forgiveness before or until you have forgiven your neighbor. How can we do that? Here are the four H's of forgiveness. There is hurt when someone comes and hurts us. We may even come to the point where we'll hate somebody, we'll dislike them, there will be They'll, they'll become disgusting to us. We'll dislike them deeply. That's what's called hate. But forgiveness provides healing. Provides harmony eventually. But we have to go through forgiveness. The process of forgiving. And the process of forgiving goes through Jesus Christ. We cannot avoid being hurt. We have been hurt and we will be hurt. But what then? To move from hurt and hate to healing and forgiven and harmony. We need to go through Jesus Christ our Savior. How? Let's take a look at this video clip here. Thank you Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis. A 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. 
as a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself. And I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, I'm grateful. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience of one. Steve Hartman, CBS News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. Powerful, isn't it? Let me look at that as a story that has taken place down in the States, far from where we live. That's a real true story of someone who suffered the loss of a child, of her only son. And I'm absolutely convinced that after Mary went through that experience of forgiving Hoshe, she then was able to feel that with God felt himself, given his only son. And on top of that, forgiven us our debts, day after day after day after day. And that's what Jesus invites us to do. That's what he is challenging us to do. To forgive those who have hurt us. To forgive those who have wronged us. But how can we go through the process of forgiving? Let me give you a few ideas here. First of all, forgiven is not the same as forgetting. And when I say this, I mean that some people will say, oh, I'd rather not talk about it. I would rather bury it and leave it in the past. That's not forgiving. That's pretending that you forget it because you can't even forget it. Uh, we, we are reminded there are things that come as flashbacks to our minds of things of our childhood when we were three years old. So don't fool yourself. Don't pretend that you're going to forget about something that hurt you because we cannot. So we must embrace, we must embrace our stories. We must tell our story. And why do we do that? We do that because that will help us find out what it, what it is that we need to forgive. As we go through the story, we are reminded what, of what exactly we need to forgive. 
And that may be a painful exercise, but it's the first step. Now, you can't stop there. You can't live the rest of your days thinking about something that hurt you in the past and just thinking about it and just feeling the pain and shutting yourself up in your bedroom and hurting and hurting over and over again. You can't stop that, but that's a necessary first step. The purpose is that I cannot only know the story in my head, but I need to feel it in my heart. And because I feel the pain, then I can experience God's comfort in place of that pain. There is, a, there is a hymn, an old hymn, and I won't be able to quote it exactly, but the lyrics go something like, uh, if you've never been alone, you never really uh, appreciate companionship. You've never been lost. If you've never been lost, you never really truly appreciate guidance in your life. So once you realize the pain that you've been through, once that becomes a real thing in your heart, then you can go to God and ask God, please, let's trade. I give you my pain and you give me comfort. After you do that, after you come to God asking for comfort in exchange of the pain that you are suffering in your heart, you will go through what I would call the Gethsemane, Gethsemane experience. And what is that? Jesus came to Gethsemane and he was suffering with the idea of carrying upon his shoulders the weight of the sins of the whole world. Jesus didn't just carry the burden of your sins, of you who accepted him. He carried the sins of the entire world upon his shoulders. And he came to the point where he was hurting, he was suffering. Can you imagine every wrong that has ever been done and will ever be done until he comes? Can you imagine every sin that has ever been committed? The guilt of all those sins had been put upon his shoulder and he was starting to feel it. And he came to the point where he was not hating it because he was sinless. But he came to the Father and said, if there is any other means, if there is any other way, please... Pass this cup from me. However, thy will be done and not mine own. Jesus came to the point where he identified himself with every sinner in this planet. He identified himself with you. He identified himself with you in your hurts, but also in your wrongs. He became one like us. He identified with his perpetrators. And that's the lesson of what I'm calling here the Gethsemane experience. That when you go to God asking for comfort, when you humble yourself before God, you identify yourself with those who have hurt you. And you say to God, Lord, I'm actually no better than that person. I'm no better than anyone else. I let go of my own demand for justice. I let go. I give it to you. And this is painful. But it's essential. It's necessary. And if you're willing to go that way. If you're willing to go that far. God will, forgi will give you the forgiveness that you need. 
to bless others as well. Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 through 22. Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. If your enemy is hungry, given bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head. And the Lord will reward you. That's not an easy thing. That's not humanly a natural thing to do. To give water to the one who is thirsty who has hurt you. But my brothers and sisters, this message is coming to us this morning. And this is not supposed to be a lecture on forgiveness. I'd like to invite you to really, truly look back. Look back to what happened to you this year. Look back to what happened to you in the past two years, in the last 10 years, 20 years. Maybe it was 50 years ago that someone hurt you. There are people who have been abused when they were children. There are people who have been deeply hurt by their own parents. They've been hurt for those who were supposed to take care of them. And they carry that hurt, that burden throughout all their lives. And I don't want this morning's message to be one more rhetorical message, but I want to invite you to truly experience the power of forgiveness. You have to ask God to change your heart toward that person. You have to ask God to take the pain and give you comfort. You have to recognize before God that you are no better than that person who hurt you. And you have to make a serious decision to forgive. You have to make an earnest decision to forgive, to let go. Forgiveness is freely given, but trust has to be earned. You have to ask God for forgiveness. And you will come to the point where you'll be able to finally pray. Even pray for the person that's hurt you. That prayer is not to ask, is not made to ask the Lord to change the person. The prayer is not to ask the Lord to fix the person. And make the person change in a way that will make your life easier. No, that's not the prayer. Rather we pray, Lord, give them your choicest and richest blessings. That's what we just read in, in Proverbs 25. Are we ready? Are we willing to go through that experience where we will come to the point where we will ask God to bless those who have hurt us? It is a prayer that you have to, to offer God asking for the well-being of the person. And eventually, if the person is willing, because they may not be, but if they are willing, after you have been through all of that, You'll be able to reconcile with them. And you'll be able to move from hurt and hate to healing and harmony. And live in harmony with them. You just saw the story on the video of the lady who is now living that close to the man who killed her son. Someone who has, has been able to hug the person who once killed her son. 
is able to go out and tell about Jesus to others and witness and testify of the goods of the of the Lord's goodness to come to that point you have to go through the process of forgiving and i'm going to quickly remind you of these steps before i talk about some boundaries because people may think but there shouldn't be some boundaries between you and the person who's hurt you who's wronged you so that you don't you don't go through the same thing again we'll talk about that but you need to embrace your story first you need to relive the story in your mind you need to tell your story you need to open about it you can't just say i'm burying it in the past and once you go to that place again you may hurt in your heart again you can feel the pain in your heart but that's the point where we're going to go to god and exchange your pain through god for god's comfort you go through your own Gethsemane experience where you may be at the point of of giving up but you will ask the Lord to forgive you and say Lord I'm no better than anyone else I'm no better than the one who has hurt me and you ask God to change your heart toward that person and you ask God to give you the decision to forgive and you ask God that for the well-being of the person and only then you'll be able to reconcile if the person is willing to. But if the person is willing to reconcile, just like in the story we saw here, what kind of boundaries are we going to set? God wants to empower us to set some boundaries and not allow the other person to continue to harm us. There is a righteous indignation against sin. You remember when Christ went to the temple and he was indignated. The people were selling and uh, exploiting other people right there in the temple. Open your Bible to John chapter 2 verses 23 to 25. John, 20, uh, John chapter 2 verses 23 through to 25. The Bible says, Now when he, Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, many believed in his name when they saw the things, when they saw the signs that he was doing. But look at this. Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man. Bible says somewhere else in Jeremiah chapter 17 that the heart is deceitful. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to be able to, we need to ask God to help us be able to set some boundaries that we don't go over the same thing over and over again. But we need to let go and forgive. And here is my appeal to you this morning. This is the word I had to you this morning. It's not a complicated word. It's a very simple word that challenges you to forgive. That challenges you to before you go again to God. Asking to forgive you for something wrong that you've done. That you'll be bold enough to first ask Him to help you forgive others. It's not a difficult word that I brought this morning. It's one simple and concise. 
that challenges us to do what Jesus is asking of us. That we forgive our debtors as God has forgiven us in Christ himself. And as you look back to the past year, to this year, to 2016, and as you look back to your life, if there is something that you'd like to, to trade, something, that, something you'd like to surrender, something that you'd like to bring to God and give it in change and exchange for His comfort, if there is something in your life that you need to forgive, there is someone you need to forgive, something you need to, to get over with, you can't just pretend to forget it. You have to go through the process of forgiveness. And I'd like to challenge you to, to give that to the Lord. And if that's your will, I want you to listen to the song that's going to play here on the video. To meditate upon these words. To put, himself, to put yourself in the shoes of the singer. And as he sings these powerful words, if it is your desire to surrender that to God, to ask God to give you the ability to forgive someone for something that's happened in your life, it could be a, a manager, a boss, it could be a neighbor, it could be a child of yours, it could be your pa a parent, could be your, your son, your daughter, whom you've raised and has disappointed you tremendously. Could be a sister. Could be someone who was in charge of you and, and hurt you badly. If you're willing to forgive that, if you're willing to at least say, Lord, I want to take the first step, I appeal to you that you come to the front while the song is being sung. You please don't care about what others will think. Maybe you'll come to the front alone by yourself. And you may be thinking, now everybody knows that I have something that I need to forgive that I haven't yet. So be it. It's the Lord who is calling you. It's not people. So here's my appeal to you. I want a heart that forgives. A heart full of love. One with compassion just like yours. One that overcomes evil with goodness and love Like it never happened, never holding a grudge One a heart that forgives, that lives and lets live One that keeps loving over and over again One that men can't offend because your word is offended one that loves without price like you, Lord Jesus Christ. One a heart that loves everybody, even my enemies. One a love like you, be like you, just like you did. One a heart that forgives. When the ones that are closest, that I've known the longest, hurt me the most, I still want to love them. 
want a heart that forgives when the pain is so deep. It's so hard to speak about it to anyone, just like your son. I give up my right to hold it against them with hatred inside. I want a heart that loves everybody. Even my enemies I want to love like and be like you Just like you did I want to walk like you talk like Just like you did want to be like you Live like you Just like you did Cause the heart that forgives Is the heart that will Totally free from the pain of the past And the heart that lets go is the heart that will know so much freedom Lord, I want to let it go God, I need to let it go Lord, it's been whole do to get rid of it, but here I am, Lord Jesus, here I am, oh, here I am, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord, I need you, I need you, I know this is me that you're talking to, this is me, this is me, this is me, Lord, this is me, Lord, I let it go, every person, every person, that's ever hurt me Gotta let it go Every single heart Gotta let it go Every single pain Gotta let it go I let it go I let it go Lord, you can have Lord, you can have Lord, you can have it. Lord, you can have it. Uh, you can have it now. You can have it now. Cause I don't want it no I still make a last appeal. If there is anyone still willing to come, please come. Let's start 2017 with a clean slate. You'll have to go through the process of trying to work that out with the person, working that out with God and with the person. But this is the first step. You may still come. And I'll be praying for you. Father, I praise your name, Lord, for the people who came here to the front. I praise your name, Lord, for the assurance that we have in Scripture that your gift of forgiveness is a free gift that came in the person of Jesus Christ 
and in the blood that he shed for us on the cross. Lord, there are no words that we can use to express our gratitude. But Father, this morning you've been calling us to go a step further. And you've been calling us, as we saw in Scripture, Lord, to forgive others so that we can fully experience your gift of forgiveness. Father, we recognize, just as we heard in the song here, that these things may be holding us back. These things may, they are certainly preventing us from a, a full experience, a full life of joy and pleasure with you. And we want to let them go. We want to let go of them, Lord, because we want to experience something new in our lives. Father, we want to let go of every hurt, of every person who has ever hurt us. That can only be accomplished through Jesus Christ. So I ask you, Lord, that you may honor the, the bold step that each one of these persons made in coming to the front. That you may help them through this process. That 2017 may be a new year, not only on the calendar, but they may experience a new thing, a new life with you. Father, please heal us. Heal the wounds that we have. Father, Jesus Christ gave up his rights. Jesus Christ gave up his, his, any sense of personal justice. He was beaten. He was hurt. And he offered the other side of his face. He offered his life. He went through, through the end. He gave up everything. He was the only one who had any rights. So, fathers, help, Father, help us realize that. And today, Lord, as we kneel here, as we rededicate our lives to you, we give up our rights. We recognize that we are no better than the person who has hurt us. And we want to forgive them. So, Lord, please take us through, take us down through this road through the end. That we may find eventually the full blessing of forgiven and being forgiven. I ask you these blessings this morning. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.